Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Today, I'm in conversation with Muktesh Murthy, the head of information security practice at an IT major with close to three decades of experience. Muktesh shares a story and touches upon his school days and starting his career in hotel management and then switching to computers as he wanted to play roles where he can directly influence the results and taking on roles such as account management that gave him a larger understanding of enterprises and his motivation to acquire various certifications and the desire to learn from everybody and how he expanded his knowledge around standards as new specializations were introduced in the areas of information security, business continuity, etc. He also shares his style of working where he prefers to sit with the teams and help them create relevant documents, etc. so that they get more confident in doing it themselves in the future. It touches upon how he balances the need to be objectively critical and at the same time, nurture a positive relationship with the people that he works with and the importance of sharing the big picture with the entire team. And as an infosec professional, how one needs to outthink the attackers. And finally, some career tips for someone aspiring to become an infosec professional. Listen on. Hi, Muktesh. Welcome to the Software People Stories. Hi, Shiv. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Yeah, I'm waiting to hear your story. My story is very diverse. Uh, at the same time, for some, it might be quite interesting. But basically, I come from an army background. So my father was in the army. He retired in 1986. We have traveled all over India, uh, in multiple locations. We did our schooling uh, initially in uh, convents and then thanks to being in the government uh, facility, we Kendra Vidyalas. And so I passed out from multiple locations, uh, be it uh, Tezpur in Assam to uh, Hyderabad to Delhi and in Delhi also two places, one in Delhi Cantonment and then from Tego Garden. And then the interesting part was after I finished my 12th, uh, I had two options. One, I, of course, two, I was a commerce grad in my 11th and 12th. I did my accounts, commerce and economics as my uh, subjects and then I had either BCom or there was a very interesting article which came out on uh, advertisement on hotel management. So I applied for both and fortunately I I got both. Uh, but my leanings were more towards the hotel industry because I felt if I do my BCom and then I have to do MCom, then I have to do CA, and I was not interested in doing what eight or nine years of studies. So I just thought let me do my three years of hotel management and start you know self-funding myself and which is what I did so I joined the hotel industry uh, hotel management industry in 1985 uh, sorry from Hyderabad Catering College I passed out in 88 worked in the industry till 92 and then in 92 I had a very interesting proposition where uh, uh, my brother's classmate was a faculty at NIT. NIIT and then I did a two-year course from NIIT and then I felt I would be able to do more 
a better justice to my own self because hotel industry is if all of you understand is a labor intensive industry where your job is dependent on maybe 20 other people so if you don't serve your dish properly the cook has to be blamed or if your bed is not done properly your housekeeping guy has to be blamed or uh, you know your cashier has not done his job you get beaten up so i said you know this is too many variables where you are gauged on or you don't have control on so i guess i just uh, did my two year course from nit left in the hotel industry in 92 passed out my nit in 93 october and i've been in it since and this is my 28th year completion running my 29th in it now shift so it's been quite a and in it also i played multiple roles i was a hardcore developer on mf cobol which is micro focus cobol and dbase in 93 to power builder to java j2e and then got into pure play project management then went abroad for around 5 years to do account management and then got into database odcs uh, which is uh, more into data structures uh, etls etc and uh, to cut it short today i am more into the information security space where i am handling information security posture including data privacy i am uh, presently working as a practice head in tech mahindra basically representing a group called the business excellence group so we are uh, like consulting arm and with my varied skills i am a, a pmp uh, plus prince to practitioner holder i am an itil plus iso holder for 20000 and i'm a iso certified auditor for five iso standards 27001 which is information security 20000 which is uh, service management 22301 business continuity 27701 which is data privacy and 9001 qms i have covid certified i'm also pci dss certified and safe agilist uh, just that many uh, so <laughs> uh, so it just keeps me uh, just that i like to keep myself warm in a lot of these places so i just keep uh, touching all these areas to ensure that i'm not a single track um, horse which runs around so i'm able to get a handle on all these areas so that's pretty much as a nutshell i am in bangalore right now so my wife works for a school my two sons my elder son is doing his final year uh, bsc psychology from christ and my younger guy is in 12th yeah, wonderful now i have probably enough questions that we can talk for a couple of hours at least <laughs> the first thing is you know what motivates you to acquire all these different certifications i'm sure that requires a lot of study preparation exams juggling with your busy work um uh, on one side i guess it is the earnestness or the eagerness to, to knowledge always i believe knowledge is power you know and this is something that is something that you own uh, money can come and go but knowledge is something that always stays with you so i am always of the opinion that the more knowledge you have with you the lesser you know you have a smaller footprint in the world but i guess that the more i know the more i understand work that i am working on and the second thing is that when i am working with a team at some point in time the team looks up to you and if you don't have the answers with you you know the team then looks for someone else to look at so that's the reason why i'm constantly on the urge of learning and uh, educating myself and i have no qualms in taking uh, knowledge from anyone it could be my son it could be my team members it could be the internet person 
Yeah, on the lighter side, I remember seeing one, I don't know if it was Dennis the Menace comic or whatever. It said that the, the more I learn, the more I forget, the more I forget, the less I know, so why learn? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But then uh, I would like to go with the first preface that if I don't know what I don't know, you know, then it's a it's unknown, unknown. But now from the time, the way that I know, at least I know that I don't know a certain set of stuff, right? So at least to that extent, uh, the more I learn, the more I know, uh, you know, the more interesting it gets to me. So I always like to keep myself busy and buried in uh, some knowledge or the other. Yeah, a related question is uh, from my little uh, knowledge of these standards, they tend to be very specialist, focusing uh-huh. on specific areas. Right. right. Uh, so how do you kind of integrate all these different inputs to form, let's say, the Muktesh model of the world or model of the models? <laughs> Yeah, so what I did is, I think I took the first uh, step was towards the mother of all the standard was the ISO 9001, which is considered to be more practical and supposed to be more acceptable across the industry, be it manufacturing, be it pharma, be it other places. And then based on the work area that I am in, then I... uh, attempt to address myself uh, to those particular standards like when i started i was a 9001 auditor for almost close to almost 10 years plus because i felt that 9k was what was the need of the hour and then slowly when the industry came into play and then you had this double seven double nine which was a standard for information security which later on became 27001 uh, i felt that was a need of the hour at that point in time so as the i think the market dynamics calls out that is how i keep on incrementally adding more to the to myself so i went with 27001 and a little later went with bs7 uh, 22301 which is business continuity these were the three which i felt were hand in hand when you have to go with information security and with with your business continuity and now recently i also got myself certified for the data privacy which is 27701 so like i said it is more on the job when you work in the job and then you feel that there are certain interactions with other people and then you have to be dependent on some of these auditors to help you to tell you how you have to implement i felt self-learning and uh, you know at least 40 50 percent of the work can be done by self-learning and it's just an add-on incremental focused area so i guess that is how it goes so more from a direct market dynamics point of view shape. Yeah. So when you take something like data security, for example, or data, uh-huh. it's one thing to have policies at an organization level and let's say implementation of the processes, audits uh-huh. and everything else that goes in. But how do you enable or educate, let's say the people who are associated with handling data, whether it is people who are working in specific roles or let's say developers who are creating systems for these to also appreciate this beyond let's say the java syntax or uh, knowing how to use python etc absolutely uh, i am always of the belief shame is that you know there's an adage which says those who don't do teach right there's a lot of you know coinage which says that uh, people who are in the teaching facility don't really practice what they teach so what happens is then your acceptance from the guys who are in the field who are, who are trying to learn from you are of an opinion that you know this guy doesn't know anything from the stuff he's only uh, got bookish knowledge mm-hmm. so what i do is that i actually go take the template sit with the developers ask him for his uh, data structure sit with him identify the different data that he has whether it is corporate data whether it is private pi data or the personal information and anything which is sensitive in nature sit with them document it for them make them understand you know what is the need for each of these and what is the impact if you don't identify number one and second after you identify if you don't put controls on them especially say for example on credit cards if i don't uh, encrypt it or you know i don't uh, you know sanitize the data 
uh, what impacts can it have so i have a live demo sessions that i do with them so that works their interest and if you handhold them the first time and you teach them how it is then i think it it goes further from there right it is like you know you give a rod you give a fish to someone and then they have to keep they giving them fish for forever but if you teach them how to fish the first time then i think they can fish on their own so my belief has always been to keep your hands wet roll up your sleeves work with them and that's what even i do absolutely go around to the brass tacks sit with them develop this system for them and then slowly start uh, taking my hands out and only play a mentor role for them so how is this style of working been impacted by this work from home or this dispersed working it has to a large extent because earlier what used to happen is you could see the body language you could see the uh, way someone could sit in you could go talk to them on a in front in a cafeteria you could you know sit down and talk a lot of stuff that you could but today thanks to the distance that we have even if i have a video the call there's only so much i can see or so much i can feel and, and it is a very restricted attempt but uh, unfortunately that is what it is but what i have done uh, shiv is that uh, honestly i have been one of the only few people in my team uh, who has been going to office at least once or twice a week since may 2020 there's only one month in the entire pandemic time frame when i didn't go to work in april 2020 was the only full month i didn't go from may onwards i started going not because i wanted to get away from home which is of course one of the excuses but also maybe old school of thought unless you see someone look at them you don't really and my job being part of the info information security also ensures give the confidence to the associates and the corporates that uh, you know everything is hunky dory for them so i am of someone who likes to see who likes to meet with people look at the body language who look at uh, talk to them make them feel better but yes the collaboration tools like the teams and uh, the google meets and zoom meets etc has to some extent the visual aids has helped us in helped us in bridging that gap to a decent extent but not as close as going back to office yeah, a related question probably is that um, the moment one gets trained to be an auditor we always tend to focus on finding the gaps finding non conformances finding faults etc how does that affect interpersonal relationship which normally is built on trust and a lot of things that you take for granted etc absolutely um auditors are always uh, you know treated with a lot of skepticism because they come in uh, or a couple of occasions one is because they feel that we are impending and we are coming at a time when they are at the busiest or you know they are working on their client uh, deliveries and we come in and you know take away their uh, their time to tell them where they are at fault but what i generally like to do is that i like to do some pre audit uh, touch bases with them so i sit with them and i explain to them the benefits of these audits because on an audit uh, report coming from me or from an internal source is always better then coming from an external source and uh, you know getting the customers uh, eyeballs and getting their wrath so to speak i got a live example in one of the accounts that i worked with it was a leading fmcg in europe we had a long association with them for almost like 15 years and it was it had around 2 and 1/2000 people working with them with us for almost 15 years one day the client came in we had not done any audits with them for almost 4 uh, 5 years they came in and uh, they gave us maybe close to almost like what 20 ncs in a period of around 3 or 4 days to an extent where it actually came down to the fact where they were almost willing to pull the account from us 
and then uh, one of senior leaders had to fly immediately to their headquarters ask for a time frame so we had to i had to sit down i implemented the entire information security posture that is the 27001 standard we had a third party who came and audited us 6 months later uh, everything was honky dory and the everyone uh, were happy it was a win win for all of us so it is always better to you know and like we say the cost of defect is always cheaper when you catch it earlier than when you catch it later and including the embarrassment and the amount of uh, hardships that we had to undergo so these things have to be informed to them in a right and polite manner and if you give them the feeling that it is more for the benefit then it definitely works so i sit with them and i you know i play the role of an auditor and we tell them you know could this have been done better they acknowledge yes it could have been done better so they also understand that why are we stating this particular nc and how beneficial is it by adding this particular thing for them like say for example if they have not done a peer review or they have not done a the data encryption per se what impact can it have so we have do we do an roi and uh, tell them that i have had the other side uh, shiv where i've had associates of mine who have gone to a place they've spent 4 hours given 150 ncs and come back which again is counterproductive because end of the day if you know that someone after 10 or 12 they've not done it it doesn't base spent it doesn't make sense to spend more time on them right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it has to be uh, beneficial for both sides so so to answer your question if you make them sensitized about why you are there and how beneficial catching it early compared to catching it by the customer and getting publicly embarrassed uh, it's better to get it done locally and you know and then when you feel that we will help you in closing it i think that really works wonders yeah that's nice so my question is also about now how do you turn off this mindset of an auditor in dealing with people maybe at home or outside work how <laughs> does it always play at the back of your mind uh it does get a little difficult uh, but then yes see when i'm not playing an official role automatically then i have a multiple set of uh, hats that are where because like i said i'm from a consulting arm so i do have a service management hat i do play a project management hat so in all these areas or i have a trainer uh, hat that i end up playing so when i play any of these roles so then i have over the years it has taken some time but then i definitely uh, switch off the gear i may write it down and then you know talk to them after the field stating that you know this is what i observed and then you can take it from there so so when i play each of these hats i automatically uh, play those roles sort of uh, shit so it has it has taken some time but then yes uh, you know if i am a project manager and i'm doing the you know work breakdown structures or sitting and doing the plans etc if i am a service management guy sitting sitting and doing the incident management uh, roles or playing those roles it just kind of takes time but then i think you have to school yourself and uh, take those hats out only when someone comes and asks you what should i be doing and i uh, in all honesty i only give answers when someone asks me to do it and i don't uh, give it out of my free will because a lot of people don't like the idea of getting advices when not needed that's something which i have uh, learned uh, maybe the hard way so i go back to something that you mentioned about uh, your first career in hospitality and you mentioned that one of the reasons was that there were too many variables and too many people and things are not too many moving right. parts but even in it Mm-hmm. and there are too many moving parts that are beyond your control particularly for infosec with a large portfolio that you handle with a responsibility how uh, it does it does over the years it does if i am in a project then there are lesser moving parts when i get into a program maybe a little 
more moving parts when i get into a portfolio even more but then what happens is that my work is only mostly dependent on the kind of skill set that i bring onto the table and not because of uh, someone else and there are a lot of review points which takes place which was not there maybe at that time when i was in the hotel industry but like say for example if the if the food was not uh, if it had been tasted properly by someone then maybe i wouldn't have got beaten up if someone had gone and reviewed and you know done the beds properly then maybe i would not have got beaten up or if the if the uh, coffee was already tested and given to someone it would have been but having said that uh, i still feel that it is a very very labor intensive activity because it is purely dependent on people of course today a little more automation has come into play but uh, come it i think a lot more uh, uh, it uh, i think automation and computerization has taken away some of the person dependency in terms of reviews in terms of calculations in terms of reports dashboards which has which aids Uh, which is more complementing than uh, it was during my uh, hades yeah you brought out a very nice point at least maybe that's the way i heard it which is when you said na taste the food etc this is about keeping the customer in mind so again for infosec type of topics when we need to have things under control cannot you know go wrong how do you develop or how do you help the teams who are the process executors develop an empathy for the, re- the larger purpose and you know why these things are being done i always believe in sharing my information i am of uh, the mindset that if my team is not convinced like i used to be when i was if i am not convinced i will not be able to convince my team so i have always been of the opinion that i need to first get convinced before i am able to convince my team so this empathy comes from the fact that i first need to give them this storyboard as to why we are doing this particular activity how does it help you uh, number one but beyond that how does it help the customer if you do this work how big are you in this entire cog uh, how big is your cog in the entire wheel that you are working with so if you don't bring that up to the anyway customer is is always uh, someone who needs or who has requirements from his point of view but when it comes to us uh, what happens is that if i just need give them a course piece of code and tell them you know, do it they have no idea where this fits in and how does it Uh, you know uh, re- relate to the entire big picture so i sit with them i explain to them that this particular piece of work is something which helps in p- fitting this part of the puzzle and when you sit with this part of the puzzle what happens is it gives them a big story and it makes them feel important that this is this is an activity which will really help the customer in this particular area say for example i'm only even asking for a report per se they might feel that it's just a small little report with around four different bars or with one with one pie chart but when i tell them that this pie chart is expected to give them decision making at the senior level which helps them in taking decisions of you know getting purchase orders or getting values worth around say 50 million dollars per annum it really you know piques their interest and they feel more empathize so for me unless they get more information they feel wanted and they feel important that they are part of the system you know things don't work so that has been my uh, philosophy till date and it has in most cases they're not always worked a related thing is uh, nowadays uh, these phishing attacks or the yeah. uh, human engineering and uh-huh. Uh-huh. things are becoming more and more spamming yeah yeah when the teams are distributed and they don't have this kind of an immediate support they are working say in a family when multiple people are working etc how do you bring that awareness or what do you think is needed to bring in that culture of infosec in the way of working 
I think it is a constant uh, reminder uh, which we used to do earlier. I remember when we used to do our infosec trainings. We used to do it only once when the guy, when the associate came and joined the account, and uh, till the time he or she left, there was no intimations, nothing which came up, you know, in terms of reminders. So they would come and do their own bit, go off, and we would never be aware of any of these. But thanks to the kind of tools, whether it is uh, proactive or reactive tools, which helps us to identify certain spams or you could uh, talk about DLP, which is a data leakage preventions where I recently had a case where someone had shipped close to around 300 files to his personal account in from different locations to his personal account and our DLP solution caught it. So what we do is we take the inside these examples to all the others and every month, I have awareness sessions taking place. Uh, we have posters that go out. We have emailers that go out. We have tests that are expected to be done every quarter. So what is happening is that the number of eyeballs and number of uh, people coming in constantly reminding you. And uh, the other thing is there's absolute zero tolerance to information security today. I may, I may have an error in my code, uh, which I may still be okay with. But even the slightest of information security violation that happens is immediate termination for us. So there is zero tolerance and it has been proven and it keeps we keep reminding them. And in every engagement of mine, whether it is on a call, whether it is on a training, whether it's an email, you know, even if I go to my own team members, constant reminding them of this particular activity. In fact, there's a very interesting thing that we do. I'm not sure if it is done in other places. Every time we do a meeting, we do something called SHE, which is called SHE, which is Safety, Health and Environment. So this is how we start each and every meeting of us, irrespective of whether it is a personally meeting, whether it is a video call, whether it is an audio call, whether it is a training. We always do a SHE uh, update, which is on security, health and uh, environment. And that is how we start each and every uh, engagement to explain what are the safety features, whether anyone has got health issues, whether anyone has got work environment issues. So what it does is it sensitizes the person that, you know, there is someone watching, big brother in whatever form. And we are there to help you op do open doors. But if something happens, then God bless you. <laughs> what does it take for someone to become an InfoSec professional? Mindset. Honestly, it is a mindset. It is a thankless job. It is uh, constantly there are people who can come and, you know, say a lot of things to you. So you have to be prepared for the long haul. I have been in the system for, especially in the InfoSec system for the last wait, almost 18 years now. And it doesn't get any uh, easier. It just keeps uh, the same, you say, uh, same wine, new bottle, whatever you may say. One is you need to have a very strong mindset that you are willing to uh, take a long haul, number one. Number two, you need to have a auditor's mindset that you are willing to go the entire uh, length and depth. Because a lot of people, what they do is they'll come around, they'll just look at you and, you know, just for the sake of doing an audit, they'll just say, come and do an audit and move on. I've had cases in, in engagements where people say, you know what, I'm expected to, uh, to give you two NCs because that's what my boss has given a target to. So he'll find some of the most frivolous uh, audits and he'll say, you know what, the door in your thing is, is, you know, left side facing. I had a case like that shift. In one of my engagements, there was an auditor who came and said, you know, your fire extinguisher is some 18 feet out of the door when it should be some 15 feet out of the door. So I find that to be, you know, counterproductive. Is that 
is that an NC that you need to give me? How does it really help if it is 15 to 18 feet, right? No, it should should be closer. That is what it is. So if someone has does not have the earnesty in which you are trying to give the NCs. I also had one more case of a very curious guy who came down and he opened someone's drawer and he said, that guy is keeping food inside his drawer. So I'm going to give you an NC. So I said, do you even realize why that guy has put food? Maybe he is diabetic. Maybe the person is, uh, has got has got pregnancy issues. He's got uh, maybe some medical reasons for putting. And you're opening someone's drawer without his, his or her permission. So my basic, any job that you take, it has to be one. It has to be, you have to do it for a long haul. It is there are no shortcuts to any of the job that you do. Second, you need to have a mindset that you are there to make a difference and not only to tick a box. So if if you are there to make a difference, you feel that you have there, and after these these many years, if there is something that you can give back to the system, you can give back to the engagement. I think then uh, you have ticked most of the boxes. So nowadays, I also read about when it comes to infosec and. Uh, yeah. Security beyond defensive, there are also offensive measures that companies are starting to take. Correct. Uh, so does that absolutely. also form part of the policies and how you deploy these? And absolutely, that, absolutely, that absolutely. So outthink the attackers, so to say. We have all been there and done that, right? So when it's like your own kid coming and telling you, you know, trying to uh, tell you, you know, that you go and tell your kid, boss, I've been in the same school, you know, I'm the principal, and you're trying to tell me what to do. We have all done that. We have, we have you know, bunk classes at certain points in time. So we, what we do is we have to outthink them by doing surprise checks, you know, by trying and talking to them. By Of course, there are other measures which are proactive in nature, like your DLP, where you go and sniff their emails around. You do uh, surprise audits. You go and do surprise uh, uh, interviews of people who are sitting there and try to understand or look at their uh, reports and uh, do a surprise checks or look at the uh, reports at the end of what has been sent across uh, do a sampling of what work they have, they have uh, celebrated so what happens is uh, at every point in time we're all some amount of complacency comes into play now if i've been doing the same job for the same year for the last three years and i say oh, you know what this guy can do it later so one day i just go and i do this i go sample the report and i said hey, you know what you just did this around two months ago this is what I think you missed out on. So it is so second guess them at all points in time, not telling them what they are doing. Uh, and because you have uh, dirty their hand, you know what type of work they are doing. So uh, or what I do is that I also prepare the report simultaneously at the same time as they are, match the result with what they have done. And then, you know, I'll tell them that this is what I got. And then this is what you have got. And this is how you could have done better. So second guessing them, doing their job, maybe faster doing their job and sensitizing them and of course proactive tools automated tools and all that really helps us in upping our game at all points in time yeah i didn't realize time flies <laughs> but i normally have a favorite question to ask all the guests which is about uh, career tips people who are considering a career in it as well as those in the mid-career who want to look for a change in your case particularly if somebody wants to be an infosec professional say at uh, entry level, or if I've been doing something else, uh, first, how do I know I would like InfoSec and how do I become an InfoSec professional? Perfect. Uh, so I'll answer your uh, question on the what should you do for InfoSec first. So first thing is, I think the easiest way is to talk to someone who has been in the system. 
to try and understand because when you go and do your google searches you get maybe you know plethora maybe 10000 different items of what infosec is all about but unless and until you, you hear it from someone close enough you will not really get an idea as to what it is all about and yes it could be a little clouded so i generally like to do is that you'd like to talk to a couple of people in two different levels one maybe in the same level of you are in and one with someone who's a little more senior so you get a Uh, the depth and you get the height of the entire area of what infosec is all about and maybe like what a typical hr question would be where do i see myself 5 years from now what is the kind of different uh, avenues that i can do if i do infosec how does it benefit me per se that could be one part one is talking to people getting a length and breadth of at least two three people get to know what infosec is all about is number one number 2 is like i uh, briefly touched about earlier is any topic you take it has to be a sustainable topic you need to give at least 2 to 3 years to get into the infosec to understand the entire depth of it it could whether it is in policy process point of view whether it is in the automation point of view or whether it is in an infrastructure point of view you know there are huge number of activities or certifications you can do whether i should do cisa whether i should do nist whether i should do iso whether i should do coso whether i should do no there are pc ideas there are huge plethora of uh, stuff and people come and say should i do this you know i have a few sets of standard questions that i need to ask them you know what have you done before why do you need to do this so someone says you know my i had a case where yesterday one of my colleagues came and said you know customer wants me to do so i said customer wants you to do it costs you around you know 100000 uh, rupees do you really feel that you need to do it uh, can the customer can the customer pay i said customer won't pay Mm. so you need to understand one it has to come from your heart it has to be something which is passion driven not something which is customer driven or which is management driven because there's only so much drive so much motivation you have when someone else comes in tells you to do but when you have your own drive when you have your own motivation automatically the rest of the bills are always ticked in like for me infosec i know that it gives me a huge amount of visibility to the senior management because infosec you do not report to anyone delivery you report to someone uh, you know the senior management so your doors automatically open for you number one number two it also after some point in time when you are giving back to the system so and it is a long haul i've done it for 15 years and i've been doing auditing since 2000 which is almost like 22 years now so there's a huge amount of learning that you have which you would like to flow back and which makes it better for you uh, like i always say you know if you do improvements in one and you use it in the second reuse capability it always helps you to improve better and better so to answer your question in a short term what would it help and why would someone want to do infosec is because the volume of non compliances number of attacks that we are having is immense and unless everyone is educated we do it in a normal lives when you get out of the house we close the door close the windows when you go for a long haul we you know uh, lock uh, switch off our tv switch off all these things and go we do it in a normal life why can't we including the fact i also tell people you also lock your phone with either a password or with a uh, you know voice or with a, fo- a photograph whatever it is so when i can do it in my personal life why should you not do it with customer data why should you not do it with customer processes it is just an extension of the work that you do so when you are doing it in your normal life it's all the more imp- uh, important you are being paid for a customer's data so you cannot be taking it lying down so these are certain uh, brass tacks and someone in middle management wants to get into infosec my humble suggestion would be read up read up read up and also take it as an allied you know subject 
get into a, one of the certifications, maybe a CISA, CISM, CISSP, PCIDSS, take in some additional stuff. If you feel you like it, you've tasted it, talk to a few people, work on it for a couple of years. If you like it, continue. If you don't like it, you can always move back. I have played all roles. I've been a project development guy. I've been a, a project management person. I've been an account holder management guy. I've been into quality, compliance, risk. Uh, you know, each of them are as good or as bad as you. There's just no, nothing right or wrong. It's again on the personality per se. Is this someone who is very boisterous or someone he may or may not really like to do too much of an auditing? But someone who's very close and who's got more, uh, who's more finicky about an OCD about certain stuff, automatically they like to get gelled into auditing. You know, when they are nitpicking certain stuff. So I'll let me look for some of these kind of areas where, you know, auditing is not someone's cup of tea for everyone per se. So you need to have that panache and you need to have that drive to, to do audits, not nitpicking, but there's a subtle difference between nitpicking and uh, auditing per se. Yeah, that's a very comprehensive answer. So I have a corollary question. Uh, for someone to be an InfoSec professional, is it only the process or should one also keep abreast of technology constantly? Absolutely. Technology is also part of the process uh, because there are a lot of processes which are now getting automated, so to speak, and uh, as an allied Activity, you have got uh, tools and processes which also come into play from a security point of view. Maybe uh, if it is like a penetration testing or, you know, it is a, we call it VAPT or someone may want to do, you know, sniffing and uh, uh, different tools that are used for, uh, say, you use it in a SOC, which is a security operational control uh, measurement where you're doing monitoring tools are there. So you have tools for every activity, be it, uh, you know, software testing, be it automated testing, be it uh, user access management testing. Uh, penetration testing. Uh, there are a huge number of uh, tools that are used. So if you don't understand uh, the dynamics of what each of these tools do or processes do or, you know, compliance measurements do, uh, it's going to get difficult. Like I'm recently, uh, I've started reading up on uh, something called SWIFT. SWIFT is a compliance uh, measurement which has come from a Belgian account for transacting between two different banks. We also have SWIFT codes like we have IFSC codes. So that itself is a different ballgame altogether. There's a process, but along with the process, there are certain tools which do some of these activities. Mm -hmm. So yes, it is a, a complementary activity. You have to understand tools to also work with the in these software uh, information security space per se. That's good. So that's about all the time we have for this conversation, Mukesh. Thanks a lot for sharing your story and your perspectives on InfoSec, which is a very, very growing and very important subject. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure, Shiv. Take care. Thanks a lot. And all the best to all the uh, associates who are thinking of getting into this line. It is a line uh, which has a long haul and uh, which is very, very uh, reassuring at the end of the day when you know that you are kept keeping systems safe for yourself and for your customer. Thank you, Shiv. We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people's stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.